0: Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of.
1: Hello, and welcome to Episode 76 of the Craft to Career podcast. I'm Elizabeth Chapel, the host of the podcast. So last week, if you had joined, I had said that we were going to have a guest on the show. And actually, we are going to do that in a couple of weeks. Vintage Stitch by Janae. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. And this week, I have a guest who I'm very excited to introduce you to. Her name is Jennifer Tryon. She used to be a news reporter, like on the television, kind of a big deal, hard to get prestigious job. And she has pivoted, and she now has a crafting career, which she's got some exciting things coming up, which she shares at the end of this episode. And I just cannot wait for you to hear her story, to hear what it was like to decide to leave that career. And if you are in a position where you're wondering, should I be doing this? What What does this feel like? What does this look like? Come and hear from Jennifer, and you will be motivated and encouraged that You can do this. That those thoughts of, I don't know, is this crazy? Am I crazy? That that's a very normal thing to be feeling. And Jennifer also, one of the things she does, she teaches online quilting retreats. In fact, you've got to check out her website and Instagram to see all the fun things that she offers. But right now, she has a special discount for you podcast listeners. You can use the code PODCAST to save on her online quilt retreat that begins October 14th. So they only have a limited number of seats as soon as that's sold out, it's sold out. So be sure to use that quickly if you want to. And yes, let's jump in and let me introduce you to Jennifer Tryon. Jennifer, so excited to have you here. This is Jennifer Tryon and Just to jump in, I would love for you to share what you want listeners to glean from you. Before we go into the nitty gritty details, why don't you share the overarching, what you hope people get from this
0: interview? Well, I hope they take away from it that they can be brave too. Well, you know, I can look back on my own story and think now, like, oh, man, I guess I was brave. At the time, you feel crazy, you feel insecure, you feel like, you know, you might be, you know, crazy. But really, that's just all the things that it takes to be courageous. And so I hope whoever's listening right now, who maybe is thinking about a transition of their own, can listen to this and know that, yeah, they can do it. Um, But also know that even though it might seem like others who have done it have done it overnight, it actually doesn't happen overnight. It happens, you know, in the years that you think about it up to it, then it happens in the years that you do the transition. And then it happens in the years that you're starting the new thing. And only after that, can you look back and have people say, Oh, look, you transitioned from this to that. And it, and only, you know, was a snap of a finger. It doesn't happen like that. Um, So if that's where you find yourself, then you're exactly in the right spot. That's how it works.
1: Absolutely. And there's a lot that you kind of touched on there, but in a nutshell for our listeners, can you share what products you offer? What do you currently sell?
0: Yeah. So I have transitioned away from being a TV reporter into doing crafts on TV. And so I sell um all kinds of supplies to make things yourself and the reason I do that now um is because for years I was always traveling on these big breaking news stories with a craft project um we were always getting stuck places in the, the craziest places you know in the worst conditions and you know maybe I'd be knitting or sewing or painting or coloring or doing something that was satisfying this other urge in me to create. And it was the thing that while I was doing my big fancy job on TV, um, it was the thing that was really getting me through. And so I transitioned out of news and we can kind of get into all of that, but I transitioned out of news right into crafts on TV. You know, people started asking me to do segments and things for them. And, it became so popular. We started live streaming, crafting events because I was set up for TV anyway. and So now we um, sell people everything they need to make whatever project it is that we're going to live stream and me and hundreds of people around the world, you know, we're all about to make a big quilt together. We're all about to do a whole Christmas thing, craft things together. Um, so I've just sort of married my passion and my actual career into this new job.
1: That is so cool. So, okay, I I always do when people start talking. I'm like, whoa, I need to touch on that and on that and on that. But my, I guess one of the big questions I have: What would be your biggest gen- money generator? Like, what's your top selling thing?
0: Um. <sighs> I, I sometimes wonder, do we make any money at all? <laughs> Am I really just doing this for the love of it? And it's keeping <laughs> us going. Um, I would say like um, we do live events. And so, like I said, we, people sign up, like we've got a quilting, a virtual quilting retreat coming up where if you've ever wanted to learn to make a quilt Um, All you need to have is your sewing machine and some, and basically know how to thread it. I will take you through everything else. And then I ship people everything they need to make that quilt, like from start to finish. And then every single week we do another portion of it. And so by the end of the course, you know, you've made a quilt. And a lot of people can't do that alone. And especially during the pandemic, it was very tough. And that's Mm -hmm. how this all sort of really got rolling. And, So yeah, our online virtual retreats, I would say are our best um, seller, even though I I wish I could quantify that they were, I was really getting rich, but really we've got enough to kind of keep us going, but definitely that's what's working. Um, And then once you're a participant in this event, we always end up having extra stuff from our kits. And so we do uh, at the beginning... Of the event, uh, like a 24-hour marketplace sell-off, where anything that's left over, I usually get pretty good deals on the stuff that's in the kit, and I just make that available to whoever's participating. It's not a public sale, you you need to be in, in the event to get it. And that I would say is our number one like once you're yes, you're in the event, but once you're in the event, the marketplace sale. That's where everybody goes berserk and crazy buying and there's great deals. And that's where we Mm. see the most like action. That's when Shopify goes, what's happening here?
1: (laughs) So I'm curious, do you market when you are selling your course? Do you tell people like you also get access, you know, only people who are participating get access to this sale. There's no other way to access it. Do you kind of market that? We do,
0: but we also, we do and we don't. We let Mm -hmm. people know that there's going to be this marketplace sale, but until you're in it, you actually don't really know what that means. So it doesn't matter how effective our marketing is, to be honest, until Mm -hmm. you're in the event and we're live and, and we we do like a Facebook live and we talk about what's going to be in it. And then we put it all live right at that moment. There's like a little frenzy that happens. (laughs) And until you're in that, it sort of just seems like a, Oh, an online sale whoop de doo right yep um but it really is quite fun and we keep adding things to it and put some surprise elements and fun. yeah so we always like we've got we're doing a an event with cricket and um you know cricket is so generous and they're allowing us to um you know put together these big kits full of supplies and we always try to order a little bit more when they're giving us a great deal so that we can Mm -hmm. have it for people in this marketplace sale, because, you know, it's part of the fun. Like you're registering for this event, you're paying to be there. You're going to take all of these great classes. You're going to get this big kit in the mail and it's going to have everything you need to make the projects. And then once you're inspired and you've learned how to use your machine a bit more, then you can really stock up for like half the price that you could in the store. So I think that's a win for everybody.
1: Absolutely. In fact, just talking about it makes me want to go shopping at this thing. I'm like, ooh, I want to go. <laughs> That's really cool. So, OK, other things that I want to talk about, the whole being a news broadcaster, is that what you would say your old job was? Yeah,
0: I was a national TV reporter.
1: I mean, that is so cool. First of all, how did you get into that? That's a very competitive field.
0: Yeah. So I did like in school, I studied journalism. And I did a double major in journalism and law. And I thought, okay, if I don't get a job in TV, um, I felt like I was most suited to TV versus print or or radio. We kind of, you know. So I was like, if I don't get a job in TV, I am gonna, you know, go to law school, write the bars and I'll be a lawyer. Otherwise, uh, you know, if I get a job in TV, then I get a job in TV. And I did. I got a job at uh, CTV in Ottawa and um I was like well I just kind of went from there and I was doing nights and weekends and it was fabulous I thought it was like I couldn't believe it I was so excited like and uh-huh. now don't get me wrong this was also a very very much a hustle 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 situation like like calling the news director for weeks on end after I did an internship like Hey, it's, it's me, Jennifer Tron. I'm just wondering if you have any, like, I'll do it for free. Like I'll clean up the staff room. It really looked like it could. And like calling him like every other day just to be like, so did anyone call in sick or die? Like, you know what I mean? I really did hustle. And then finally one day I was still in school. I hadn't even graduated yet. Um, I was in our like TV course and we were editing this big project. And so I'm in my fourth year of university and I get this call on my voicemail that says, you know, in a big broadcaster voice, Jennifer, it's uh, Paul Brent from CJOH. It's your lucky day. I literally can find no one else to work. (laughs) (laughs) You are literally the last choice. (laughs) But I had kind of like was tenacious and am and just kept it up. And so I hadn't even graduated journalism school yet. But I had done this one internship there where I got to follow people around. And now they literally couldn't find anyone else. So (laughs) here I was getting a shift, a real reporting shift. And they needed someone to cover. There was was a big story at the time. Um, The Ottawa senators were threatening to leave Ottawa if they didn't get these tax breaks. And anyway, it was a big story in Ottawa, like, Anyway, and it was me that had to cover it. And I, wow. I mean, I was horrible. I really was. I mean, I can look back, <laughs> it, it, the story got to air, which looking back is really all that matters. But um, I do think that sort of ferocious spirit that even got me that shift was what got me on the air that night and was what got me another shift and another story and another story. Um, within, you know, 10 years, I had worked my way up to the national news. And was a rep- wow, and had worked all over Canada and all over, all over, and um, had done stints in the U.S. And every time I was, you know, I spent the last ten years of my career at Global National as their senior investigative correspondent. So when I wasn't doing big investigations, I was on breaking news. So everything I covered was either I was breaking the story or I was going to a story that was breaking. And wow! so it was very, very, for sure, very competitive, for sure, super high stress. Um, but that's sort of me. Like, I was cool with that. Like, that's, you know, I also had at the time, like, well, I still do, obviously, um, through these, all these years, had three little kids and trying to juggle all of that. And, you know, for the most part I did, but it was a lot of go, 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 go. And I was constantly traveling and I was, like I said, always traveling with a craft project because I just loved making things and making things was what made me feel happy. News made me feel like an adrenaline rush and like, you know, very, you know, there was a certain satisfaction but making things delivered like this quiet peaceful happiness that i wasn't getting I anywhere there,
1: else yeah i do think there's like something healing about crafts mm-hmm. and i hope that someone explores that more i don't know that the my podcast can really go into the depth of that <laughs> but i do i've heard from enough people and i've noticed that trend that it has really brought people out of some dark places or been a you know a place of refuge during hard times, but that is interesting. So I am very curious to hear, you worked your tail off to get this job, right? Mm -hmm. Like how on earth do you go from getting what you've worked so hard for to being like, okay, yeah, I'm going to put that all away and I'm going to turn this craft into my, I know.
0: And you know what it, you know, when I said at the beginning, there's a number of years, like it doesn't just happen overnight. There's a number of years that you spend going, I wish I could do this all the time. Or what would life be like if all I had to do was make or bake or whatever, decorate, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so I did spend a lot of years like talking to my cameraman about like what I was making because I'm always making stuff on the road. And you know what, like I got pretty skilled and you know, my, um, my producers and I, my cameramen, we like started filming a few episodes of this pilot craft TV show. And it never kind of went anywhere, but we did screen it at this big craft convention in Los Angeles. And a bunch of craft companies saw it. and I guess the combination of um, you know live TV and being you know skilled enough to be able to sew and know what you're talking about, Um, was kind of a rare combination. And so they started asking me to do their TV segments when they would be like on HSN in the US or on the shopping channel in Canada. And I was still in news and I thought like, I can't do that. I can't. No, no, no. And right at that same time, um, I was offered the Washington bureau chief job. And so I was going to move my kids and husband was going to quit his job. We had the kids registered in school in Washington, and it was just as uh, Trump was getting in. So it was just going to be at the beginning of that. And my executive producer at the time called up and said, so what do you think about Washington? And you only say yes. You know, mm-hmm. this is how you get, mm-hmm. you know, far. <laughs> as if yeah. you say yes. And your own life comes second. Your kid's yeah. life comes second. Your partner's life comes second. You say yes to the job. And so I was like, yeah, of course. Like I had already done stints in Washington before. I knew their current bureau chief was moving on. Um, I think they were going to London or somewhere. Anyway, and, you know, career-wise, this is like a very natural next step. And, mm. you know, it's a big one. And I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, of course. But in my mind, my was screaming like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no even though I was saying yes. And I kind of got off the phone after saying like, yeah, yeah, okay, let me like, let's look into it. Yeah, let's go down the path, like not signing or anything. But being like, okay, let's take the steps. And just being like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what if I did try to do some of those shows? What if I explored that a little bit? Could I... I also had like a very responsible side to me that was like, look, we've got three kids. I can't just like quit my job and go live my best life and have no money. Like, you know, that's not realistic at this point either. And so, but I'm like, but they are offering me like work. So what does that mean? And so I started exploring what these shows could look like. And eventually kind of said to them, I'm not going to take Washington. In fact, I'm going to ask you if I can instead work 3 days a week. Which And how did that go? <laughs> well, no one first of all, at the time no one even had kids that was on the air like in the okay. nas- uh, like on the broadcast like who was a woman. It was like, mm. Mm. "Well, that's problematic." You know? Yes. At mm-hmm. the time. And so I was scared. I didn't know what they were going to say, but I did have a female um, assignment editor who was amazing. And she understood like the balance that I was trying to achieve. I didn't really let any of the cat out of the bag that um, I was going to try to quit soon or I was going to mm-hmm. transition out. I really just sort of said like, I need to work three days a week and I've been, you know, a great reporter And I'll still be a great reporter. If you need me to go somewhere, then obviously five days is fine. Seven days sometimes is fine. Like, this is how Mm -hmm. it works. Um, Anyway, they, they, and I had been good to them. So they were really good to me. They let me have it. And they really let me um, explore this option. And Mm. so it wasn't until I had kind of secured and kind of matched my income that I quit altogether. And so that was the transition out. And that, that was not overnight. That was like for years, making all of these things on the road, starting and writing a blog about what I was making on the road, getting skilled enough to really be an actual expert at this. Then, Mm -hmm. you know, taking the leap and, you know, using the skills that I had in TV to like film these shows and having that go nowhere But it really didn't go nowhere. It led me to Mm -hmm. these other people. So even though in my mind I thought, oh, let's film a craft TV show since I work in TV, even though that TV show didn't come to exist, um, I still was doing crafts on TV. So the universe sort of did deliver me what I was asking for, even though it was shaped in a different package. And so I kind of had to go like, this is what you wanted. This is what you've been dreaming about. And... Uh here it is. And it wasn't all there at once. It was, okay, there's these shows. Okay. Transition it. In, and now there's this, and now there's more. And so what ended up happening was I would, you know, do these shows and then other companies would see then They'd ask me to do their shows. And so now suddenly I'm being the spokesperson for a number of different craft companies. So now I'm sort of on the inside, like on the other side of the fence where lots of products getting sent to me. They want me to do Facebook lives. Like this, I did like amongst the very first Facebook lives where we'd be now everyone does all, all lives all the time. But at the when I was first doing this, like six or seven years ago, no one was doing it. And I really had mm-hmm. to credit my TV background for allowing me to hit the ground running so fast. And so yeah. we were up and like could produce TV, no problem you know what I mean? And so
1: where did you record? Are you, were you recording at your place or did you have like access to a studio?
0: I built my own TV studio in my basement. So I had a little, yeah, like I had a little craft room and I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do crafts and video it, we need better lighting and we need a better background. Like I know about TV. So I knew right away what I needed to do to the space to make it more TV friendly. And so that's what I did.
1: Have you ever thought about, because I have students who take my course and they're like, how do I record? Have you thought about offering a course on how to build your own studio and record stuff? Cause there are plenty of people who I don't know how to teach that. I'm like, nah, <laughs> that's not my skill set." Yes.
0: <laughs> I've been asked that a few times and I should do that, because not only could we teach people that, but we could easily record it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm gonna just throw that out
1: there. That's a good idea. but I do love that we have this idea a lot of times, especially if we're an entrepreneur, of like this is what I want, and this is what it's going to look like. And as you start going down that path, it doesn't look how you envisioned, you know, no. but to lean into that, like things work out. you know, you're like, well, it's not the show that I thought I would do but this is
0: working mm -hmm. yeah and you know full circle moments you know I quit global and I was doing these shows on these shopping networks and then I thought why don't I just pitch to the morning show like I've been on the morning show so many times with stories that I've broken why wouldn't I pitch like a DIY something like they do know me there I am you know and I was so nervous even though yeah even though I'm not like a like I worked for them for you know for so long but I just thought there was a lot of people because they knew I wasn't going to go to Washington and they were like sorry you're gonna what you're gonna like be a quilter now what the hell
1: (laughs) (laughs) we all know the quilters. we know that reaction like oh that's so sweet yeah Hmm."
0: (laughs) oh I see okay um, that's weird. But also, I kind of know the feeling of those velvet handcuffs that they're all wearing and wishing, mm-hmm. you know? So I just embraced it. And I remember the very first trip I went on, because I'd gone on so many trips as a journalist, and I had to really check my ego. Like, I, mm-hmm. I like to think I was someone who wasn't like, very egotistical but there always is a bit in that game because you're doing such big historic things sometimes you're witnessing right. all these anyway so i had to go to texas or i had been on all of these trips for in journalism and then i had to do my very first quilting trip i was going to go to quilt market and it was in texas and i thought all right this is my very first trip in my new industry <laughs> <And> i thought <laughs> You know, it wasn't rushed. It was like, you know, all very pleasant. And, you know, it wasn't a mad dash anywhere. I checked into the I didn't have to sleep like in the car, or like, <laughs> you know what I mean, like things that I would have had to usually do. Um, and so I checked into the hotel. And I was very self conscious, because I don't know, I, this was just my first trip, and I'm going to this event. And the guy who was checking me in said, um what are you in Texas for? And I was immediately so embarrassed. I was immediately like and I said, Oh, I'm and I because my answer to that has always been, Oh, I'm interviewing the Prime Minister. I'm here for right. the I'm here for the flood. I'm here for, you know, war training. I'm here for mm-hmm. something very intense and like like prestigious a little so-called bit. so-called impressive right exactly right it's yeah. all in the eye of the beholder anyway yeah. the guy at the desk said I said actually I'm going to quilt market and he's like the quilters we love the quilters you guys are the best and I almost started to cry <laughs> I love it I've just drank the kool-aid too long just yeah, put but... it down there's life outside of your comfort zone and you know that's what I had done and it really was a big wake-up call being at that front desk with that guy because I thought am I even worthy anymore is following my passion enough for people to be impressed by me do I have to care about that (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. do I actually care about that I must it kept me hanging on a long time you know it did
1: Oh, I do know. I mean, it's very interesting. The very first couple of years when I started my subscription box, I remember it, it's still to this day, to be honest, when people ask, what do you do? I actually don't know quite how to answer that. Same. Because, you know, what mm-hmm. do you say? I know. But no at first, it. my husband was like, oh, she does a subscription box. I'm like, oh, no, don't tell people about that. You know, I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh-uh. And even now to this day, I'm like, well, I just, now I say a fabric designer because people get that and they're like, oh, that's cool. But if you say quilt pattern designer, they look at you like, what in the world? You know, what do you even mean? Yeah. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, that kind of like it's a hobby or something. I'm like,
0: oh, well, you have no idea. Yeah. Or that, oh, must be nice. Like actually, right like, yeah I hustle from morning until night like right exactly
1: know. like oh you get to sit and sew that's so sweet oh that must be. yeah mm-hmm. like well let's go to lunch sometime I'm like I don't really have a ton of time for that oh, but yeah, you know, know
0: I know and it's funny because as hard as I worked in news and I did work hard I I also kind of was very much of the mind like I'm excited for this new life where I won't work 24 hours a day. (laughs) I thought it was news that made me do that. And then, um, my daughter at one point pointed out like, why are you always in the basement? Because that's where the craft room is. And that's where the studio is. And I'm like, it's me that that works like this, you know, it's me. And it does take a certain personality to be honest to, you know, get like hustle like that all the time mm-hmm. and to, to care about that more than sleeping in or more right. than going to bed early or, you know, putting, it, TV or on going here. to lunch with your friend. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Like you, it does not come easy and, you know, anybody that thinks it's easy, like if it was easy, everyone would do it right exactly you know so it is a lot of hard work so if if you want the reward you've got to be willing to to just live in the trenches for Mm -hmm. for 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 the most part yeah
1: well and especially at the beginning when you start a career like you're wearing all the hats you know you've got to do all the things and as your business grows you can hire people but you're learning so much and and you know a a lot of times when I have students are like but just that realization of like how much goes into it and I'm not one that's like sacrifice your life I like to have some balance but it is a lot of work you know like it just is there are no shortcuts
0: yeah I only have feel like I've earned the luxury of balance in the last little while and you know my Mm -hmm. kids are getting to be teenagers and, you know, that's not great. That's not great. Right, right.
1: And, well, and to hire someone, that's a luxury. Like, oh, I can hire someone to do that for me. huh? You I know, know it's, and, a, it's a luxury yeah, to earn that. It
0: takes money to do all of those things. And so now I have to say I'm not doing this when the kids are home. I'm yep. not, you know. However, the reason I can say I'm not doing it is because now I have the luxury of, someone else can do it because yeah yeah, I've been able to hire people and now I have a little team and Mm -hmm. you know we're growing and now the studio I'm so excited to to tell you is no longer in the basement I bought a building
1: yay that's huge
0: yeah and you know this the whole tv studio and the craft room is going to be upstairs and we're going to have a full store downstairs awesome, all fabrics, sewing machines. We've got shipping and receiving in the back for all of our events. And I just think like, huh, who knew?
1: Right. And one of those steps, you know, you're like, wow, when it happened, were you celebrating? I mean, I am very curious. I'm intrigued about this because Mm -hmm. I reflect on this myself. When I hit these milestones, I generally it's very anticlimactic and then I have to really sit back and like, hold on. No, this is a really big deal. Mm -hmm. Let's like try and revel in this. Do you experience that too?
0: I experienced the former, what you were saying where, you know, it it passes you by before you even, um, Mm -hmm. but I have stopped myself at various points in my career and said, okay, if this happens, you must stop because it hasn't happened yet so for example I remember saying to myself when I was a reporter if you get the chance to fill in anchoring on the national news Mm -hmm. you have got to be proud of yourself you just got to be (laughs) because that's a big deal yes and so sure enough the day comes where they're gonna fly me out I'm gonna get to fill in for like a week and I had to stop myself. I had to say, this is a big moment. You have got to stop and not just say, oh, there must not have been anyone else. Like the day right. that I got the, the call, you know? Yeah. But even if there wasn't anyone else, they, I had to think to myself, they wouldn't just put anyone on there. They yep. wouldn't. They, they, there's a whole network of people they could pick from, you know, that everybody wants to do it. So yeah. I was like, I'm just going to be proud of myself for a minute. I'm not going to let it go to my head. I'm just going to be proud for a minute yep. and then I'm going to get to work. And so, yeah, there are certain points. I do think when the store opens and I finally do my first broadcast from the new space, that's mm-hmm. going to be a bit of a, geez, if you build it, yeah. if you build it, they will come moment. Yeah.
1: Tell me, reach out when you do that. Cause I want to know how that feels. I'm very intrigued because I it's usually the dreaming where you're like, can you imagine? And then I get to those points and I'm like, oh, I thought this would feel really monumental, but all I can think about is the next thing. I know. Next thing. Which I'm not proud to admit. I know, that, because you
0: <laughs> you want to know why? Because no one just gives it to you like American Idol. You don't win it. So you don't right. get to have that celebration. When you earn it, it is a slow climb, it's a very yep. steep hill. And so when you get to the top, You're just like, okay, here we go. All right. What's the next thing? (laughs) You know? And and I remember when I bought the building and thinking like, I think we should have like an opening party, like a grand opening party. And in my mind, I'm like, that's going to be, I'm going to have to like do that so that I purposely celebrate this. And, you know, yep. we're renovating the whole thing. It's costing like way too much money. It's taking way longer than I thought. Of course, I'm regretting almost everything. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm sick at night wondering, like, have I done the wrong thing? I'm, you know, basically squandering all of my family's money on this. You know what I mean? Like this is what's right. actually going on in my head. Not like, right. look yes. at me. Like what a boss, babe, really killing it. No, right. This is me, like, did I make the wrong decision? Should I, you know, is this too expensive? Like, that's the reality. And I think if that's not the reality, like, I don't know what is. Because unless you're winning, like, the only thing I can liken it to is like American Idol, where you just go show up with your gift and bam, you're immediately at the top. That's just not the real world. It's not. It's, no, a, it's slow, just, it takes hard a lot time. of work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it takes learning. And I mean, you are a perfect example of that. Like, you were in the trenches of learning how mm-hmm. to record and pushing your way to the top and learning these skills on the road. And. Mm-hmm. Where it does, and not to, you know, for the listener, not to be like, sorry, it's going to take a lot of uphill climbing, <laughs> but like a little bit of a reality check that, you know, it is, it's some work and time. This you know, We tend to look at people where they are and compare where we are, yeah. you know, with their journey. And it's not apples to apples.
0: No. And it's not even like my, like, I'm going to have whatever, whenever the store opens, there's going to be a party. And someone's going to walk into that party and go, wow, look where she's starting. Yep. (laughs) No, that's actually a finish. It's actually (laughs) the finish of so many things. And so you're absolutely right not to compare for sure, for sure. But also if you've got that fire in your belly where you love something and it makes you happy, then all of those hours and all of that work doesn't seem like the same kind of hours and work that your other kind of job might feel like, you know, it doesn't feel, yeah, there's a very different feeling that comes from doing your passion compared to doing your, you know, someone else's passion. That's right.
1: Yep. That is true. Well, and I've been thinking too just about talking about the milestones I feel like sometimes these things I didn't expect to feel like big milestones are big milestones. Like I'll get a letter from a customer or a little package, or someone will tell me about their success that, you know, because I listened to your podcast or whatever, I was able to do this thing. Those are way more rewarding, which I didn't anticipate, you know, that I'm like, oh my gosh, let's, I need to save this. This is, really touching whereas when I reach these milestones of earning x amount of money it's very unfulfilling yeah you you never it's gone
0: what it's about a thousand percent and obviously we all need money and we all you know that's what we're working for I guess but when you decide to transition into doing something for your passion money becomes like third or fourth on the list for sure yeah
1: it really is And you know, I love the question. If you could, if you knew you were going to have success and like money's just not a thing, what would you do for fun? Because you love it. And then all of a sudden you tap into your real reasons for doing it. Yeah. Because
0: it's already this, like people say to me, oh, but you lost your hobby. You know? Oh, how does it feel? To And I was like, no, I still, I still do it. I just don't record it. You know, like I still just made like a full baseball quilt for my son's baseball team so they could auction it off and it was so fun to make and I didn't take one photo of it like yep. you know yes in my head many times that I could I hear that tiktok everything is content everything is, like I could hear <laughs> that running through my head but I'm like no it doesn't matter this is just for him and for fun yeah it still is mine. yeah it still is my hobby I'm just so lucky that you know it gets to be bigger now
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, just to wrap things up, if our listeners want to find you and see all of these things that you're working on, where can they, where can they find you? Yeah.
0: So homemade.ca is where you can find all things. Um, That's my, my brand is homemade um, because it's literally all about making things at home. And we do a lot of sewing and a lot of quilting, but we do a lot of other crafts too. Um, awesome. so I have a subscription box that's mostly not sewing and, you know, we did soap making and candle making and, you know, card making and scrapbooking and all the fun things that if you're a creative, you wouldn't mind dabbling in. And again, yeah, that's the idea that we send you everything you need and then you can watch along live or whenever you want to tune in, um, to get the instruction and be a part of like this creative community that we've built. And so, yeah, homemade.ca and of course, I'm always just posting on uh, Instagram. It's Jennifer underscore Tryon. Um, so Tryon's like try on a coat, like Tryon. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Facebook at try on Homemade. So yeah, if you if you Google it, if you Google my name, you'll see the former me and the new me because there's so many news stories that I've done. Sometimes people are like, huh. <laughs> So wait, is this
1: the same girl? It is. Yeah. I yeah. And okay, I'm just looking at your Instagram. I'm fascinated by this. You have a highlight in your stories about bra making. I'm yeah. super intrigued.
0: Last year we did um beginner bra making and so we sent everybody what they needed to make their first bra. And
1: I think that's so cool. I oddly was, want to try that. It was
0: so fun. We said pictures in the group were optional. <laughs> but it was so great like and we have another one coming up this year another bra making where we're going to do one with underwire so sort of the next step Uh um I think we'll offer the beginner bra making again put together a kit and then we'll do the second um underwire class as well and that's it like if you ever wanted to be brave enough to try making a bra do it with us that that's it and you know we put everybody in a private Facebook group We go live, we put the classes out, you do it. We answer questions live um, and and it's just fun because you can imagine the silliness that ensues when everybody's (laughs) trying to make a bra, you know?
1: Well, and if it looks terrible, no one knows, you know? Exactly.
0: (laughs) And we sent enough material so that you literally could make one that looked terrible and still have enough to make one because it takes time to get good at these things, right? So yeah, it was, it was really fun.
1: I'll have to check that out. I'm intrigued. Mm -hmm. I'm very much intrigued by that. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was a fascinating story. love chatting with you.
0: Thanks for having me. It's been great.
1: Yeah. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. It was just so awesome to hear your story, to hear how your journey has looked to get here. It's definitely unique. I cannot imagine what it would be like to be a news reporter and then to have that faith to jump into this other career and it was so fun to hear about you know these uncertain decisions of well I'm going to invest a lot of money in opening this storefront and just the reality of what it looks like to be an entrepreneur to take these risks but to just love every second of it and to love what you do. It was just so fun chatting with you. If you're enjoying the Crafty Career podcast, go ahead and leave a review. Leaving a review really helps the podcast to be seen by more people. It helps the rankings of the show. And it helps me as the host of the show to know how you're feeling as listeners. I love when you leave a review and share what you like about the show or what's resonating with you. It really does help me to find future guests and plan other topics. Which, speaking of, we have some great guests coming up. Next Friday, come and join me right here on the Craft to Career podcast. And until then, have a lovely week.